Welcome to the step-by-step discipleship process, which begins with session one of the Prayer of Commitment. This is about the Great Commandment, where God calls us to love Him with all of our being and to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is also about the Great Commission, where Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations. But what does this look like, and how does it happen? The step-by-step process answers those questions. We begin with the prayer of commitment. But why there? It's because life is about relationships, and relationships are about commitment. The deepest commitment that anyone can make is this. I give you my life. The prayer conveys the meaning of that pledge. It describes how God restores us to a right relationship with himself, what it costs God to make us right with him, and what it costs us to receive his gracious gift. Now, as I read the prayer out loud, follow me by reading it silently. God, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin separates me from you. I come to you in repentance, and I receive your forgiveness in Christ. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, and I join you in death to sin. I believe you rose from the grave for me, and I join you in resurrection to eternal life, which you give by grace through faith. I take you, Jesus, as Savior and Lord, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others and holding only to you throughout eternity, I give you my life and I receive your Spirit. In this session, we'll focus on part one of the prayer, which is about how God restores us to a right relationship with himself. But before doing so, let's first focus on the Lord by giving him our undivided attention. I start by relaxing in a quiet space that is free of distractions. One suggestion is an easy chair or recliner that simply helps you to relax. Then, after closing my eyes, I think about breathing slowly and deeply in and out before starting an imaginary journey. Using my imagination in this way removes all distractions and helps me center on God. Join me now by relaxing, closing your eyes, and taking a deep breath in and out. Imagine yourself on a trail in the woods The path is carpeted with lush green moss, which feels cool to your bare feet. The forest on both sides isn't dense, but open, with shafts of light penetrating a broadleaf canopy. The only sound is of a gentle breeze blowing through the branches. Looking down the path, you notice a patch of blue that gets brighter and more vivid with each footstep you take. Suddenly, you find yourself stepping off the mossy trail and onto a beach of fine sand. It's warm on your feet. 
you have a breathtaking view of the ocean with a gentle surf approaching and then retreating just as quickly back and forth, back and forth. The soft sound of the breeze and surf is calming and the twinkle of sunlight on the water is captivating. You sit down and lean against a warm sand dune, resting easy and taking it in. You're alone, but don't feel alone at all. It's because you sense the Lord right there beside you. Now open your eyes and respond to the following questions. What was most meaningful about the imaginary journey you just experienced? What did it feel like to be in God's presence at the end of the imaginary journey? What setting or place would be ideal for you to meet with God one-on-one? -on -one? God created us for spiritual intimacy with himself and with each other. Regarding the word intimacy, I don't mean the physical kind so familiar to us, but a spiritual kind of intimacy that involves transparency and self-disclosure at the heart level. In essence, the word defines itself as into me see. God invites us to know him intimately from the natural revelation of his creation to the special revelation of himself in scripture. He is saying, come in to me and see. How awesome it is that the Creator wants us to know Him intimately, just as He knows us, and how awesome it is that God wants us to experience the same kind of spiritual in-to-me-see with one another. This is the goal of the discipleship process, and the reason why we begin with an imaginary journey that leads us into God's presence. So with the Lord right beside us, Let's turn our attention to part one of the prayer with you listening as I recite it out loud. God, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin separates me from you. I come to you in repentance and I receive your forgiveness in Christ. Now, close your eyes and listen carefully as I recite part one again. God, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin separates me from you. I come to you in repentance and I receive your forgiveness in Christ. With your eyes still closed, let's focus just on the first sentence with you listening to me recite it and using your imaginations to see what I say. God, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin separates me from you. Open your eyes. What did you see? 
What did you experience? For me, I experienced a light bulb moment in which I saw myself suddenly become aware of how much the offensive things that I have said and done have hurt the Lord and damaged our relationship. Separation is painful, certainly for me, but much more so for God. I have no excuse for my sin. What will I do? What should I do? What should you do? Perhaps the next sentence will answer those questions, so let's continue. Close your eyes again and listen carefully as I recite part one one more time. God, I realize that I have sinned and that my sin separates me from you. I come to you in repentance and I receive your forgiveness in Christ. With your eyes still closed, let's focus on the second sentence with you listening to me recite it and using your imagination to see what I say. I come to you in repentance and I receive your forgiveness in Christ. Open your eyes. What did you see? What did you experience? For me, I experienced a sense of remorse for my sin and a desire to turn from it to God, whose love for me never changes. His hands are outstretched, waiting for me to humbly receive his precious gift of forgiveness, which is Christ Jesus, the Lord. As we reflect on the experience, let's remember to say it by reciting the text, to see it by visualizing the text, and then to share it, as we will do now. With part one of the prayer in view, what did God reveal about himself and you? With part one of the prayer in view, how will you respond to what God revealed? With whom will you share this week about your experience with the Lord so far? What we just did is called pray reading, and the goal of this activity is to experience spiritual intimacy. Think of pray reading as a conversation with God while prayerfully reading and reflecting on His Word. The prayer of commitment must be grounded in Scripture, and for part one, the corresponding passage is Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. So, let's turn our attention to those verses by considering their context. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes with power, fills those who have gathered to pray, and leads Peter to preach a powerful message that culminates with a strong indictment of his listeners. Open your Bible with me to Acts 2, 36-38, and listen as I read from the English Standard Version. Peter says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain 
that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. How we experience God in part one of the prayer is how we'll experience God in his word. Remember to say it, see it, share it, first with the Lord and then with a fellow disciple. For example, let's look at verse 36. As you read it, see what you say while asking these two questions of God. What are you revealing? How should I respond? For me, I see my sin putting Jesus on the cross. Not just the sins of others, but my sin. Lord, in this verse you are revealing to me my guilt, for which I feel terrible. What shall I do, Lord? In verse 37, I see those listening feeling the same pain that I feel and asking the same question. They realize their sin just as I realize mine, which is the first R in part one of the prayer. In verse 38 comes the answer with Peter exhorting those under conviction, like me, to repent of their sins and receive the gift of your Holy Spirit, who ensures my forgiveness. The three R's of part one are all there, Lord. For you called me to realize my sin repent of it, and receive your forgiveness in Christ. I don't deserve such mercy and grace, but I am so grateful for it, Lord. Help me show my gratitude daily by keeping my eyes on you and remaining in close fellowship with you. Now reflect on this experience in Acts 2, 36 through 38 by responding to the following questions. With this passage in view, what is God revealing about himself and you? How does God want you to respond to what he has revealed in this passage? This ends my presentation of the Prayer of Commitment, Part 1. But it's just the start of an exciting journey with Jesus. As we meet with the Lord personally along this journey, we also need to connect personally with fellow disciples to share our experiences with God and to encourage, support, and pray for each other. Remember that the goals of the discipleship process are to experience spiritual intimacy with God and one another. Our assignment this week, which follows, is simply to practice what we've experienced. Each day read, recite, and reflect on part one of the prayer of commitment. Take your own imaginary journey that leads you into the presence of God. Converse with God while prayerfully reading and reflecting on Acts 2, 36 through 38 
And lastly, talk to at least one person this week about your experiences with the Lord.